Welcome to the Chorus Podcast, your aggressively subjective barometer for culture and media. Where each week, your hosts, Stefan Voss and Bruce Stennel, will disregard the trends and headlines to focus on what's really important, what you should be watching, reading, and listening to. And now, on with the pod. Good day. Good day. Yes. End of, end of sinus infection voice. Yeah, Bruce looks about a billion times better than Jeez. last time when he was that on was, <clears throat> That was not fun. The doorstep of death. Welcome to the Those Chorus the Podcast with Bruce Dennell and Stefan Boss. That's us, by the way. Uh, that's Where sort we of self yeah. yeah, and waffle. Right. We're here again. We'll do that, shall we? You know what I need, Bruce? You can hear my voice is a little bit scratchy. I think it's a sip of this delicious Cito 1974 coffee. Do you think this a sip of the delicious Cito1974.com coffee will help? Mm. Even if it doesn't help, it certainly makes it easier to bear. What is that? The Cito1974.com coffee? Yes, delicious. Oh. It is. I think there's a clue in the name Ooh, it as goes to where down you can well. find that. Cito, well, actually, it's just called Cito1974 coffee. Um, but do get it at Cito1974.com because it's bloody nice. Right. Also, kindly is provided for us. Yes. Just that sponsors that. sponsors mm. note out of the way. Um, though we will continue to enjoy the coffee. Right, I've read a very small book. I see that. Oh, it's only that big. It's, it's, it sounds like an envelope. Ooh, an envelope or an envelope, depending. Um, have you read anything? Oh, you read, I read, read Heavy Duty. Which we've already spoken about, week. and I'm pretty much halfway through the um, Terry Pratchett biography by his assistant, Rob Wilkins. Again, or a first life, time? No, no, first time. A oh, life in footnotes, with footnotes. I know you've read a lot of Terry, mm. secondarily, or something. <coughs> Repeatedly, even. Ah, yes. Right, so this is the... Tell um, us about your book that you read, your Black sliver. Klansman. Ah, yes, I saw By the Ron Stallworth, I also saw the movie. Um, and it's it's the story, it's the book on which the, the movie was based. Well, I'm not actually sure that's 100% true. It might be the story on which the movie was based, which then was written as a book as well, because of the movie, and everybody can make money, and that's lovely. Um, that's hmm. an interesting noise. Thank you for that. Um, <coughs> now, I... No, now yes, it's it's fine. Okay. Is oh, my no. damned with faint praise um, assessment. I... Ron Stallworth is a is a cop. I don't know if you have seen the movie. It it involves a a black uh, policeman um, in the Colorado Springs Police Department. The first black policeman, the first uh, black detective. Yeah, this as is well. early days of integration yes. and uh, such and such. So seventies integration, but yeah, I mean, well, integration is still a problem, as you know. But uh, but in it's still, this was in the seventies, and and he was the only he was the first. Uh, black policeman at all in the department and then the first black detective as well um, and at some point answered a, an ad because that's how they did it in the day a classified ad in the paper for the Ku Klux Klan to get uh, so he phoned them but obviously on the phone um, so they couldn't see his black skin see his, his black face and uh, you know called himself off guard and used his own name which meant that he then had to have other undercover people being pretending to be him interesting once it all happened so that that's the the sort of premise of the story and of the movie based on truth um so he infiltrates the yeah, organization he infiltrates and with, the, with, the, with a colleague and okay. um well yeah just to also understand understand how they work what they're planning mm-hmm. um you know how the extent of their influence in his city and area state all the rest of it um and does some very valuable work but he does it as a detective 
and detectives aren't Sherlock Holmes. No. Detective work is Slog. making a little bit of a, a of headway today, driving 600Ks to meet somebody who says he has a tip and then he doesn't have a tip and da 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 da, da. And, you know, it's, it's, and then doing 600 hours of paperwork a week and so mm. on and so on and so on. So it's not, it's not the most exciting not kind of um, vibe in, in that sense. You know, it's not... Um, you know, Tom Cruise didn't get involved in this movie because there's no running involved whatsoever. Okay. Right. Possibly no motorbikes. Mm. Um, it, obviously, very interesting that that nub of it. But you also you see you can kind of see green movie green lighters producers and such going. Oh, that's a that's just a wonderful mm. uh, idea for a film. The the idea of a black cop infiltrating the Who KKK. Who made the movie? It was, um, it was uh, uh, Lee, Spike Lee. Spike Lee. So I imagine yeah. that he wanted, because he's a very... Um, he's an activist. Yeah, racially active yeah. activist. And, 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 and again, so I think very, 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 very um, valuable in that sense. I also, I wasn't blown away by the movie. I liked it, but I also wasn't blown away. But, I, but the point is, I, I completely understand that you can't sort of come across the topic um, in that sort of area and then go oh no just stay away from this but what this feels like is yeah it's it's building on that it's okay. the, the, the entertainment notion or the entertainment nub of it mm. is that um, it is darkly hilarious yeah I that, found that, really a, that a black cop not only begins this infiltration of the KKK but then continues it and manages it yeah. Um, and it, it's again on the on the the other side. He is given hassles by his white bosses and stuff as well, which is you know it's just just he has to find all of the the usual rubbish as well. Um, it also underlines, which is so often the case um, in a week, you know, where Donald Trump has been arrested. Praise the Lord. Um, but uh, things like the, the the pettiness and the stupidity and the just the non-importance uh, of much of these sort of evil organizations. So I mentioned Donald Trump as a racist and so on and whatever as well. But, you know, it's just so much of what these guys were doing was just so stupid and lame. And and uh, Ron Stallworth, as a black man, yeah. laughs at it. Not as a cop. He just, he just this is ridiculous. Is yeah. this what these people are paying for? Is this what they do use all their time for? Da, 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 da. But obviously, um, the very notion of having a proudly racist organization is is just terrible, is filth, is evil, mm. um, and everything hateful, and everything else that they want to do, um, that they're hoping to achieve, is is hateful. Um, but they're also morons, frankly. So And interesting that <clears throat> the organization had been allowed to exist with impunity yeah, for so long, and with very powerful people protecting it as well. Well, David Duke is the mm. the grand whatever it is, Duchess or Zia, Dragon or the puppy or whatever, whatever it is. Um, but and, I think and he's in this. Sorry, he's in the book here, yeah. but he he runs for office a couple of times mm. during the course of the stories, and and is is in the running. What's interesting to me about what you've said now about this idea of um, some kind of moronic people in the organization, I think it's interesting that the organization is based on on ignorance mm. you know so you've got a lot of and i won't say they're all ignorant people but you've got a, a strong sense of ignorance pervasive well, I mean, of the it's, members. it's an interesting thing because i mean isn't isn't racism 
fundamentally an ignorant absolutely that's what I'm saying stance so is that you're, you're going this person is lesser mm. because of something stupid and you know and, something and it's irrelevant. an uneducated and ignorant viewpoint but I think there are a lot of I think America is interesting in that it, it's such a developed powerful nation certainly even in the 70s uh, there was a, a, a huge degree thank you thank you Jack for that um, this degree of comfort you know, we think of, of um, the sort of decadent, I don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. I'm very comfortable. I can just do whatever I feel. Like. Yeah, yeah mm. this kind of weird comfortable entitlement that, that sort of plays into that um, allowing uh, ignorance to just flourish. Yeah. yeah. And I think the organization, <laughs> yeah, is... Dogs? Um, yeah, no, so I mean, it's, 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 it's quite it's quite thought-provoking, the book. It's called Black Klansman as is the movie, it, it, does, it does sort of bring to top of mind, um, those are just people walking their dogs past, hence Jack the background can, noise. Jack can almost jump over our main gate, I think, at this point. He's that's, quite the spring-heeled Jack. Oh, I see what you did there. Um, but yeah, so it's, 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 not a, it's not a great book, it's not a great read. Okay. But it is, a, it is a, obviously a super important... He wrote important, it, didn't he? He wrote the, it, yeah. the, the detective, okay. Ron so, Stallworth, yeah. So it's not so a... So very important, very important theme. It's never, going to not, it's never not going to be an important theme. Um, I suppose it's just, you know... Again, a great story, if you pick up, if you pick up a book, well if, you pick, uh, if you pick up a book for, for enjoyment mm. or, or stimulation or anything, uh, this, is, this doesn't tick a lot of those boxes other than raising mm. the sort of uh, theme we sort of talked about a little bit here. Um, to top of mind, where it, which is where it kind of always should is be. It so one of those situations where heaven forfend, we might say, just watch the movie. <laughs> I think so. it, it could be. <coughs> As I say, I think if you're if you're a serious reader or a serious person in terms of just taking things like racism and the Ku Klux Klan mm. and and history seriously, there's there's no harm in fitting it into your wonderings, your literary wonderings. Yeah, good. Um, do you need to prioritise it? Absolutely not. There are too many books, Bruce. Too many books. That's, there's no such thing, but there are too many books for us to read. Will you admit, Bruce, no, to a book wasn't there. that you feel you should have read but you haven't read? Ooh. Oh, there are. There must be millions, probably. I no, have not millions. a sneaking suspicion that I have two on the top of my list. Tell me. One that I haven't read I know I haven't read it, and I really desperately want to read it, and I, I don't know why I haven't read it. Is Ulysses? Yes. Okay. Um, I I have tried and loathed okay. it, and no, no. Gave I, up. I I really want to. I, I, so I didn't. I, I, I desperately want to. I read went Ulysses. to the the Writers Museum in Dublin. Mm. I'm, I think I might be giving it the wrong name. I think it's called something slightly different. But uh, you know, saw all the wonderful things. Love the history. Love the culture. Understand the importance of it. Battled with a book. Don't don't really care okay. I mean I loved the portrait of the artist as a young mm, man um, as well I really want to read yours I think it's something that I must yeah. read the other one that I I have a sneaking suspicion that I haven't read it and I think the main reason I haven't read it is because I have in the back of my mind that I've already read it but I don't think I have already <laughs> read it is Anna Karenina mm. um, by Tolstoy and I've read the, um, um, like I've read Brothers Karamazov by um, Dostoevsky um, which is was quite a thing um, so those are two that I'll admit to uh, I have not read Anna Karenina and that gives me great shame I have neither and I think that's also something I think there's a lot of is there an important one that you won't yes. read so you've said oh, Ulysses no. now you, you, you've tried it and you Ulysses I won't read so for but me, I have tried yeah yeah the one that I can't read mm. or I've tried 
maybe I will at some stage in my life is um, Don Quixote by Cervantes Cervantes I can't get through that book I also haven't finished it Whoa, um, I find it and I have, very I, have a, yeah, I have a paperback version at home I also haven't finished it I think there is a size there's a size plus density issue um, that, that is at stake and also also because in no, this is me probably thinking as a as a sort of professional book reviewer type mm. is that there's no there's no date pressure you know so I've got two mm. enormous Ken Follett's in my to read pile um, I want to read that and those, will, those will be probably it's probably 2,000 pages collectively um, but they won't they won't have the density of, of, of oh, choice yeah, or whatever yeah. um, and there is a sort of imperative you know but yeah. not to leave it too long kind of thing like another one I haven't read is, is Les Miserables Ah. Um, and I, I'm just—I think it is one of the great, great stories Hugo. of history. Victor Hugo. You know, the, yeah, yeah. It, it, it takes in so many of the great themes of the greatest stories of history. I haven't read the Iliad, um, oh, okay. which I probably won't. That's pro- one I probably won't read because, again, the bits that I have, it, yeah. the, the, the poetry, the, the you know, the, the everything, the format, mm. um, the meter—it it, just—it. It, <laughs> Kind of yeah. grinds after a while. I um, think I think I read an autobiography of um, or a biography. I think it was an autobiography of uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez, mm. and he said he struggled with Cervantes as well. Um, uh, he said he there's my mother in the background. Um, he said he struggled with um, Cervantes, and so he had a, th- a strategy: <laughs> was he just put it in the bathroom, so, okay, uh, in the toilet? So he, oh, wow. he was okay. yes, sitting with no pages. Go. He'd read it. That was the only way he was able to. See, that is um, a. I think that is probably very wise advice indeed. Um, again, if you're serious, there's there's no reason to to make these things a, a punishment. No. Yeah. Um, exactly. But if you really do want to get through these things, at some point in some way, that's perhaps. That's yeah, perhaps that's the way to do it. Quite a good strategy. Um, in Liu, and I try to pronounce Liu with the E, the U, and the I, um, <laughs> of reading a book, which I know I've been um, relatively slack of in, in certain phases of seasons because I tend to make a meal of some books. Um, I can talk about a new piece of guitar gear. Ooh. Why not? Always fun. Why not? Why don't we throw anything? So, um, since I started uh, recently playing in a local band, Crystal Park, who are have been around for a while, um, they're kind of a, a country-tinged singer-songwriter, roots rock folk. All of those things. Band. But I thought in terms of the country side of things, um, busted out the Telecaster, obviously, and kind of... Uh, got a country set up on the on the pedal board um, but I've been missing one pedal now the first pedal that I ever bought which is strange <coughs> was a compressor pedal and uh, compressor pedals are probably the the most misunderstood pedal in the guitar arsenal the guitar arsenal um, <laughs> because a good compressor pedal what it does is it takes the the loudest things that you play and and brings them down a bit and the softest things that you play and brings them up a bit so that you have a more consistent level of volume what that does it gives you the perception of loudness it Mm. sounds like your guitar is louder it's not actually louder it's just and you can set how um, extreme that that compression that squishing of your signal is and 
what you'd like to do uh, is is set it not too hectically, and then it's a weird one because you go to try it at the store and you put it on it and you're playing and it, it's making no difference at all. You yeah. think, what is this pedal? Why am I playing? And then you switch it off, and suddenly you're like, oh. oh. <laughs> Um, and the first pedal I bought was a compressor. Uh, I got a, a Robert Keeley two-knob compressor back in the day. But um, I had sold compressors. And anyway, for the last little while, I haven't been playing with a compressor. And um, particularly with Stratocasters and Telecasters, um, Fender guitars, there isn't a lot of sustain with the scale length and so on. And the, another thing that a compressor does is it sustains the notes for longer. Mm. So you get this lovely sustain. So I've always liked that. And then, I don't know, for the last couple of years, I just haven't had a compressor on my board. Um, and I thought I really need a compressor because one of the things of country music and Telecaster playing is, one, you're using fingers in the right hand to pick as well as the pick, and that can be a bit softer than your mm -hmm. pick. So it, the compressor brings those up. And also you can get this lovely squishy sound when you get quite extreme with the compressor settings and it's a very um, characteristic sound in country music and okay. I think, oh man, I need to get a compressor. But the funds have been a bit lacking of late. I stopped over in uh, Fouché Guitars in Rudaput uh, because I had to go to the Krugersdorp. Um, this will be exciting, listener. The Krugersdorp Home Affairs to get my passport. Very good, very good. <laughs> it was terrible. Um, yeah, so any people who live in South Africa will know the pain of going to home affairs uh, to get anything sorted out, like passports and so on. But I stopped off uh, there and I saw a little compressor there for 800 Rand, which is laughable, um, pedal-wise, because usually, I mean, that pedal like, new is about 2,500 Rand or whatever. Yeah, anyway, like so... like five drugs. Exactly. Um, so I grabbed it. It, it. It's not my first choice of compressor. I'm quite boutique. But anyway, it is an MXR. MXR is, is a brand of effects that have been around for so long. Mm. Uh, they're presently owned by Jim Dunlop. Okay. And I got the MXR Custom Comp pedal. Now, MXR is known for a particular compressor pedal, the Dynacomp. The Dynacomp, I think, was possibly the first pedal format compressor you used to get these rack mounts in the studio and, and all these kind of things but in it for a guitar pedal i think the dynacomp comp was if not the first one of the really early ones the original dynacomp um and why i haven't really gone in for dynacomps is it has quite a particular sound to it in mm -hmm. other words when you switch it on it it affects your sound it sounds like you're playing with a dynacomp okay and i've generally liked to try to go for pedals that don't change your your bass fundamental guitar sound too much they just add the effect of what they're doing to it which is uh, easier said than done but this is a, a take on the Dynacomp I got the MXR custom comp and basically it's got this kind of legendary and rare um, component the CA3080 metal can IC which is a little component inside it that apparently the original Dynacomps have and it's quite whatever, quite nice. It only has two knobs on the front uh, of a level and a sensitivity. It also has two micro switches or micro um, knobs inside the pedal. You have to open, unscrew the back and then you can further tweak things okay. inside there. Um, that sounds extreme for an on-stage option. But yeah, <laughs> uh, for me, generally, because I just use it as an always-on thing to give me some more sustain. So I don't set the the, the controls too extreme. Um, 
so i've actually messed around a little bit with the inside at first they said for country settings just like dime everything and that sounded great but it really took away all the bottom end so my my low e string was just do it sounded really kind of like it was under a cushion there, yeah. so i had to kind of dial dial that um treble trim the eq trim inside kind of to a, a midway point so i can still get something on the low end but it certainly brings out the top end beautifully um it was it i think it was um very second hand so it had scratchy pots and things so i took okay. it over to our good friend mando at music connection mm -hmm. and he just cleaned out the pots and um, gave it a good cleaning and now it's actually sounding really really nice so i have it first in line on my pedal board at the moment um, i still have to use it in the heat of battle um, at a practice mm -hmm. or a gig but uh, i think it's going to do the job nicely that phrase there first in line does that is there a, a physical Yes, so that's um, an interesting set up to like you know so that what you use most is closest to where no. top left or top whatever. No, so so the way it works is if you have a physical pedal board with different pedals, mm. the um, you you take a cable out of your guitar, you stick it into a pedal, and then from that into all the other pedals, and then out of the last pedal into your amplifier with another cable. So the order in which you put those pedals plays a huge part. Okay. For instance. Uh, let's give a good example. If you've got a fuzz pedal um, and a delay pedal, and you plug into your delay pedal first, then the delay pedal gives your guitar signal plus a delayed signal. And then if you feed that into a fuzz pedal, that fuzz will then affect all yes, of those yes. things. Whereas if you put your fuzz first, then it's that fuzz signal that goes into the delay and then that affects it in a certain way. Yeah. So um, there are sort of um, accepted rules of thumb of, of which, pedal order. So generally what you do is you have compressors and, and uh, old fuzzes that respond badly to buffers in the beginning. Uh, then you have your, your drives and then you have your modulations and then your reverb at the end. Um, famously, people have, have messed with that order and broken the rules and come up with three sounds. <laughs> but then uh, I suppose you get 17 new sounds, which is also interesting. Yeah, but generally there's sort of an accepted order that you place them in. Um, compressor, I put first because I want to I tame that signal and compress that signal and then send that into all my effects. So all my effects are getting that compressed signal first anyway so it's um, i can't wait to hear it yeah there we are it's as i say and it does make it again i'm somebody who's been around this sort of stuff but it's still i'm, I'm not a pedal person i'm an acoustic guy but uh it's it's it always is interesting to me when i get a bit more understanding of of these things and it's quite nice as well because it can give you quite a nice bump in volume so you could turn that compression off completely and just Turn the volume up, and then if you're running a nice valve amplifier, what happens is even if your 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 amp is set quite low in volume, when you put that pedal on, it hits that amp harder and makes the amp sound like you 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 play you've put it much louder, yes, so it yes, starts yes. to to kind of crunch a little bit. So you can get you can get uh, the way an amp sounds when it's really nice and loud and excited at a much lower volume because you're hitting it with a pedal rather than than cranking your amp up. So uh, it's an exciter, oral exciter. Um, and I'm quite quite happy with it. Really um, nice. Yeah, compressors quite, quite as I say, misunderstood. Um, guys will, will listen to them for five seconds in a music store and go, but it doesn't make any difference. 
I think that's, yeah, again, for somebody who doesn't, I think you, you need to, A, know what you want to achieve, which, you, which is where you started, you know, sort of country this, that kind of sound, da-da-da-da-da, um, which is, again, by choice, not something that I, I invest in a lot. I, I like an acoustic guitar. Yeah. One of the reasons I like is because you, you pick it up and you do something with one finger and you're going, and you're on your way. It's immediate. Um, yeah. Speaking of music, shall we stick? Stick with it. Yes, indeed. I I might again in lieu of not spoke speak spoken not speaking about a book. I might talk about two things that I've been Very listening nice. to. Um, I have, what have you sort of it's in dribs and drabs in dribs and drabs been discovering a band called Darling Aside. Darling Aside. Um, so they're from Boston, from Boston. Yeah, um, class themselves as as indie folk. Okay. Um, indie folk. Yeah. Don, Mich- indie folk. Don Mitchell, Oyon Mukharij, oh, wait, Muk- Mukharji, I think, Mukharji. Harris Pasoltina, and David Senft. Because Senft. why have normal surnames? Keith. Keith. <laughs> um, but just really, really beautiful. So banjo, mandolin, violin, cello, okay. all sorts of things. Um, now for me, to go the other way... Uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash is is one of those sort of formative bands in this kind of area. It's it's, it's a lot of that kind of beautiful folk um, harmonizing. It's a big, big part of it, and and then also these beautiful string string instrument arrangements. Mm-hmm. Um, now, for me, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. I'm going to get in trouble here, and Young, and whatever. For me, there's sort of five good songs there, and then a sure, lot of sure a lot of a lot of important music that doesn't really turn me on fighting words fighting um, <laughs> um, I get you know obvi- and again I'm, I, I love singing I love harmonising I love writing like that mm. um, and I get it but uh, again for a lot of a lot of it I'm going okay but that's not a very memorable song mm. um, it's it's good the playing's great the, the singing is great the song yeah okay um and then, so, you know, these guys came up on, on Spotify at some point and, you know, sort of a song here and a song there. Um, Darling side. Yeah. And then with my, my intentional album listening, um, I've just, uh, yeah, just I listened to the, what is it, 2015 album called Birds Say. Hmm. Um, and it's just bloody beautiful. Oh, it really is um, spectacular. There's a, there's a few great songs. Um White Horses Go Back the uh, title track <coughs> um, but there's nothing uh, there's nothing there's nothing weak uh, everything is 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 uh, yeah it's it's again there there is relative filler I guess um, but it's not it's not that thing of me going oh, I sort of have already forgotten that song um, White Horses is, is really really beautiful and they're, they're just you know, quite high harmonies vocally. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the whole vocal arrangement is, is quite high uh, pitch uh, range-wise. Um, and yeah, just, just cool, just gorgeous playing. But if you are a fan of Crosby, Stills and Nash and that whole type of genre, that whole multiple, multi-voice, multi-harmony, folk-derived thing, multi. um, I think definitely you'll find something here. Hmm. Um, and yeah, maybe you'll maybe you'll find something very special. It's it's a it's a really really great album, and it, it's more importantly, you know, it's one of those things where I do want to sort of go down the rabbit hole with the mm. band and see what they have done. Um, so yeah, very highly recommended that. That's Birds Say. 
nice. darling side, one word. Very good. So, as I was <coughs> saying, this new sort of country-tinged band um, that I'm playing in, I've been kind of trying to listen to some of the really old formative country just to get my guitar in the right place and then also just listen to some new sort of stuff so two absolute crackers that i've come across crackers um the one is nathaniel rateliff mm. and the night sweats yes from uh, denver colorado uh formed in 2013 southern soul mm. um side project by the front band who had spent a decade performing folk inspired solo act so um they have an album called uh, Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats. <laughs> That'll do. Uh, from 2016, which is um, listening to very cool, um, great kind of singing and, and vibe and lovely and uh, in that kind of wheelhouse of the band that I'm playing in, which I think is very cool. So I'm listening to more of that. And then a really good um, recommendation that I'll give. Um, this is a, an album from this year. A band called Wilder Woods, and I think it's mostly the project of this guy. Let's have a look. Um, yes. Oh, under the name Wilder Woods, Need to Breathe, front ah, man. Yeah, great voice. Bear Reinhardt. Great is voice. Such a killer voice. Yeah. Uh, this is, again, what I'd call Southern Soul. Soulful pop, introspective yeah. folk tone. R&B uh, for the flair. Wilder Woods. Uh, the album is called Fever forward Ooh, slash like the sound sky of it. And it his is voice is a little bit good. listening if you don't know it uh, who's the Caleb Followell um, the, uh, uh, the Kings of Leon that kind of voice that yeah. sort of crack yeah, emotive yeah. Oh. oh it's gorgeous so it's like a telecaster small <coughs> band vibe and then with these like three kind of gospel backing soul singers oh. Ooh, who do their nice. um, the lead single is Maestro Tears Don't Lie it's bloody good Wilder Woods very very okay. very cool well look at that look what we did there so, we got yeah. quite effusive even and Nathaniel Rateliff uh, and Wilder Woods I would recommend about some music there that's that's exciting hmm. right what have you been watching there sir I must talk about something that must I you? watched on, upon the Netflix is it important uh, I saw it a while back there it was and put it on my list by clicking on the plus icon on that's the screen works, of my phone yeah. Um, Inside Man, okay, starring David Tennant, uh, who seems to be ubiquitous at the moment, and, and Stan Tucci. Tucci. Now, interestingly, written by, as soon as I saw the name, I thought, ha, I knew I wanted to watch this for reason, Stephen Moffat, who did uh, Sherlock with okay. old yes, Cumberbatch. Yes. yes. Um, also, Stephen Moffat uh, um, was involved in a lot of Doctor Who episodes back in the day, which may be the Tennant, David Tennant mm. um, um, connection. connection. Four episodes. Good. Yeah limited series bloody brilliant okay uh, very as well. very I found very disturbing okay so um, I'll tell a bit of the story without giving too much away uh, Stanley Tucci plays uh, a criminal on death row in America he is a professor of criminology who brutally savagely murdered his wife and is on death row is this uh, common knowledge earlier yeah do do keep it down yeah. if not okay good and he is in jail in america and um he has started taking cases 
people okay. will bring very difficult cases to him and he now he has this huge black guy who i think his name is dylan i can't remember also on black row um, black row on death row with him <laughs> Easy. Who, yeah who um he uses as his tape recorder because he has a uh, photographic memory okay but he is like like he he ate his mother's feet or something like he's something a really bad dude. but yeah. whenever they're sitting at, around a table in a, in a consultation for a case he's this guy and he chirps these funny comments and he has this photographic memory but what's interesting two things are, are very interesting about Stanley Tucci's character one is he has very very strict criteria for any case he takes and that criteria is one thing moral worth okay so in the time he has left on the planet, he wants to do good. And no one, you know, everyone who's kind of, because he's this really amazing guy, and, and he's sort of befriended the warden who, who respects him a lot of the jail and all these sorts of things. But the big thing is that everyone who, who knows him keeps on saying to him, how on earth did you, why did you murder your yeah. wife? It's this yeah. big unanswered question. And... Um, one of the philosophical underpinnings of the show is he goes, he says in various guises around the thing, he says, everybody is a murderer. They just haven't met the right person yet. Um, which is fascinating. And, and that plays out now in England in, in David Tennant's character, who's a vicar, who through a series of events finds himself in a horrific situation he's married no no no. he has a wife (laughs) and he has a son okay the son has a maths tutor and the vicar has some uh, has a particular um congregant who's a virtue has some problems Mm -hmm. and then through a sort of a comedy of errors well not really comedy but things sort of just happen and he reacts in a certain way and very very quickly finds himself in an untenable and horrific situation and it's very interesting and disturbing. very disturbing. Now, in terms of the disturbingness, how would that phrase you mentioned, um, everyone's a murderer, they just haven't... How, do you relate? And or is it, you, know, you know what I mean? Is it, is it one of those dramatic things where you think that's a very interesting thought and you turn off the TV and you go to bed? Or does it come back to you next week? I don't know. I think it, it's a question. It, it's a question and a theme that runs <clears throat> through the whole thing. So I think the viewer is supposed to keep on asking themselves, mm. asking themselves, what would I have done if mm. I was David Tennant's character? Mm. Okay. And and you can quickly kind of pick out. Okay, if I'd reacted differently there, then I wouldn't have ended up there. But then mm. you have to keep on telling yourself, okay, but let's say I did that, and I, now here, what would I do? And then, okay. Mm. You know, so at each choose step, your own adventure in the worst yeah, possible I mean, way. It's that whole thing of there, but by the grace of God. And I've always been one of those people, and it's driven my wife crazy when I sort of play devil's advocate here about. Um, and I guess that's what the whole justice system is based on: is um, that whole there by the but by the grace mm. of God thing? Because I just say, it's very difficult to make an absolute judgment on someone. Mm. when you haven't been in their shoes mm. and I'm, I always because someone will say oh but if you're this kind of person then you must be killed and done away with like if you're that and I always go yeah I'm not excusing the crime mm. by any mm. means but if we want to solve these crimes we need to understand 
not just and prevent, the symptom, but the root of that. And, and prevent and, future and, crimes, yeah. To prevent that. And the only way we're going to deal with that problem or rehabilitate is or, to yeah. understand the root. And to understand the root, you've actually got to ask yourself some hectic questions about, like if we look at South Africa, one of the examples that I always give that drives people wild is corruption in our country, in our government. And they say, oh, these people have stolen all this money. And I go, yes. But if you were in that position and you had that past that that person mm. had, living in a a place where a government has forced you with no opportunities, mm. completely extreme uh, poverty legally and so on and so on, pover- and suddenly you're given a position of power, you're unequipped, you're uneducated, you're unwhatever. But now you've been given this thing to, as a retribution for the past, and you look around you and everyone is going, dude, grab the money now and do this. No one's going to question any and those yes, temptations it's not, like there's it's not, nothing to say that I wouldn't be it's as not a bad happy, it's not a happy thought no. but it is a realistic thought yeah, yeah to, to say to yourself and, and, and again it's the thing of the frog in, in the boiling water mm. you know they stay there and then well, apparently it's a myth but the idea is that the water slowly heats up until I hope the frog for frogs in general sakes it's a myth yeah. no. but that it's the little the little things and then you're so, so you, 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 you judge someone for doing something but you don't realize that they didn't just make that decision it's you know 10 years of slow erosions of mm. morality mm. that lead to an extreme thing so I think it's a frightening question. He, say, he says it in various ways that are very, like the one was everyone's a murderer, they just haven't met the right person, which is quite sort of funny. Uh, it's like everyone, every you know pot has a lid, you just have to meet the right person. He's going, mm-hmm. everyone's a murderer. He just mm-hmm. But he just says, in the right circumstances. I've always said I'd eat someone if I had to, if I was on a... on a. But you don't know. But you'd say, yes, I, I, no, no, I hear what you're saying. Honestly, yeah, yeah. you know, if, if I had to die the or, raft or, or, something, or eat yeah. this person who died yesterday, yeah. I'd eat them. Hmm. Good to know. Uh, I'd eat you, Bruce. Just moving my you yeah, I'm moving my chair to some yeah. little no, bit. No, no, I'm just saying, side. like you don't know what you are capable. I can believe that everyone is a murderer given the right circumstances. Mm. No, it is, it's a, it's a, that's why I'm, I'm interested. It's a very to interesting chat about premise. It. It's, it's, a, it's a it's a terrifying premise because it yeah. does it does apply to us on all sorts of levels, and, and it, it gets oh, it gets yeah, very dial, dial, it, dial it back from murder, but there's there's sure. so many things. Um, in, anyway, I in a sim- similarly man. dark, dark, yes. but also comedic vein, um, I watched. I don't know if you have, if we've ch- if you chatted about it, but I, I think it's worth chatting about again if you did. Uh, Banshees of Inner Sharon. No, I haven't seen oh, it. Okay. Colin Farrell and, oh, and on the Disney Plus, amazing guy, what's Brendan Gleeson. Brendan Gleeson. Um, I found it an astounding movie. I just haven't been. Apparently, it's done it's, very well. It's not so much a moving thing, but I'll explain why. It's because it's, uh, <laughs> it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's, very it's, it's disturbing as no well it's it's kind of funny and it is moving and it's disturbing and it's worrying and it's understandable and blue and it's just it's a it's a just big mishmash so Inner Sharon is this tiny little Irish Irish island Irish, Irish, and it's beautiful just to hear actual Irish people people speak in the actual Irish accents because mm. both of them you know Colin Farrell Derry Gulls and uh, and Bradley Gleeson are clearly Irish, Irish. Um, Irish. and there's for me, it's and again, I haven't, I haven't sort of done background reading, and I don't know what the, the you know the, the writers were were trying to achieve and blah blah. For me, it's a study of depression. Hmm. So it's these two close lifelong friends, and then uh, Brendan's character just doesn't want to see Colin's character anymore. He's just had it. It's just which it's just slipped. Yeah, it's it's done. Uh, Colin's character, a fairly simple bloke intellectually, doesn't sort of have really the, the processing power to to work around this, but he's just he's big-hearted and he wants to contribute and 
that there's nothing to do. It's you know, it's it's really it's like there's a there's a house over here, then there's a mountain, then mm. there's a, a house, then there's a valley, then there's another house, and down there there's one building which happens to be a pub where everybody meets. Okay. You know, it's it's not so it's not it's not that you could lose yourself in the crowd. It's not yeah. that you can go and watch a film. Or it's not that etc. And there's just these very, and I'm not going to give it away because it is, it's, it's, it's a very, very good mechanism and it's very, very shocking. But there is this, just this, things take a turn and this, this is where the depression is so oh, devastating, um, or the depression aspect of it is, the, and both guys are depressed. And I think that's what I haven't yet seen, maybe any sort of interrogation of that in coverage of it, um, is that there's, there's two different kinds of depression happening. Hmm. Um, in these two different friends, and again to what you just said, they were happening when when they were close and whatever they yeah, were still yeah. both depressed uh, about various things, which some of which are touched on, some of which are not. But the reactions to this catalyst event that you know one doesn't want to see the other are just so extraordinarily different, hmm. um, and it kind of uh, it's 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 shocking, um, it's it's warm, <laughs> hmm. it's funny. Um, it's it's phenomenal writing, and it, but it, again, it couldn't really happen anywhere but a little backwater village like this, with this kind of person that lives there. Because, among other things, there would be too many distractions hmm. uh, <clears throat> for this kind of story to happen in a city. Um, you know, you, like if you're a parent and you're listening, you know that you could be having trying to have a serious talk with somebody, and your kid comes in and wants to yeah. find something or know something or ask a question. Um, or if you're at the office, this will happen. That will, etc., etc. Here, there, you know, there is no office. There mm. is no distraction. There is no. Mm. Um, there's just no other input. What is um, the banshees? What is that? It's 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 taken. It's a song title. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but again, banshees are. It's it's about wailing. It's about mm. desperation. Yeah, yeah. The banshees. It's about, it's about horror and terror as well. Mm. You know, it's it's so. Again, it's a fantastic word from an ev- mm. uh, evocativeness point of view. Evocativity, um, I think. Evocativenessity, um, and I, th- I found it a profoundly good movie. Um, <laughs> Very cool. I want to. But watch yes, that. again, I, I saw a lot of people commenting. Hi, I watched. You know, sort of on Facebook. Hi, I watched this. I found it very bleak. And I must say, I watched for the first 20 minutes, I mean, how could you find this bleak? It's, it's warm. Mm. It's, you know, I'm not yet sure where these relationships are going, but it's, it's, it's and it doesn't lose the warmth. It, it just, yeah. it gets scarier and it gets, again, because of this, again, it's never, it, it's never addressed overtly as, as depression. Right. They don't go, oh, actually, I lie, I lie. Um, the one character says about the other one based on a chat with somebody else I think so and so is depressed but yeah. but it's not it's not overtly pushed as a study of depression right. but I think my take anyway my take on it is that it's a an incredible examination of depression hmm. and in that sense is devastating because hmm. it will if you're depressed or you know depressed people you have depressed people in your family of any level blah 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 um Hopefully this story doesn't happen to any of them, but something is happening now. Something will happen next week and next year. Um, and it's just, it's a, a very, very, it's an exceptional, yeah, telling of an exceptional story. I think it's, I think it's an incredible movie.
I think it's all for all the gongs as well. Yes, yes. Oh, it's, it's won some things. Terrible, but, uh, terrible that we don't know this stuff. No, but so yeah. informed. Yeah, but it's also, it does mean that we don't just spout some nonsense. That, Indeed. Um, some toes, nonsense person toes said. The, uh, the prize winning line. Right. Very I think good. that's awesome. Let's wrap that's it up awesome. for this week. It was very good and very quite nice. mellow. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you what. Listen yes. to uh, the things, watch the things, communicate um, with us on we the are on Facebook. The, it's uh, the co- the chorus podcast with Stephen Voss and Bruce Dennell. Please go and find it and sign up and just whatever. We don't spam you at all, but yeah. we, there might be a picture put up of this pedal, this compressor pedal. There might mm. be other things. We'd we'd love your input if you interested in that um, just send us some comments if you have there. any recommendations um, of things that we should investigate to share with our listeners if you've enjoyed please tell people just you know, bring people into the field um, once again thanks to Cito1974coffee Good. and that's Cito1974.com and buy it there placeholder for whiskey sponsor here placeholder for whiskey sponsor placeholder for guitar sponsor yeah. placeholder for any contribution of cash whatsoever to running costs thank you so much <laughs> indeed right until next we meet good day good day <laughs>